Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Uncharted Discussions of Empowered to Grow podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nubasha, and I'm still with the very empowering and very exciting um, midlife alchemist, Dr. Lisa Petty. Hi, Lisa. Hi. So great to be back and continue this conversation. Thank you. So we were talking in between, and um, when you're, t- you said the, the, your journey of transformation yourself and transformation of service, I would say, from being a holistic nutritionist into studying, going, delving deeper into everything else that goes mm-hmm. through the women, with women specifically from the perimenopausal phase and into the menopause. I want to address a bit more about perimenopause. Again, I sure. don't think we speak about this enough. Mm. Um, you know, the symptoms, they kind of start talking, oh, when you start feeling the irregularity of your um, menstruation, or you get the hot flashes or whatever, but no mm. one delves deep as you had addressed in the first episode into the phys- well, mental, emotional, psychological challenges and, and changes. But let's start with the physical symptoms a bit, sure. where sure. they start. So this is really interesting because I don't think a lot of women are aware of the fact that your your perimenopause, even if you're not feeling it, even if you're not aware of it, it can start in your mid 30s. So you're you're uh, you've got fewer eggs. You're not maybe um, ovulating every month. You might notice that your menstrual cycle may be a day or two different. It could feel slightly different, like your your menstrual symptoms might be ever so slightly different, or you might notice that you're starting to have trouble sleep associated with when your yeah. cycle comes. It could be before, it could be after you get headaches. It's really critical for, for women to chart what they're feeling. And I and this is part of the awareness piece, right? Yeah. If you um so your body is the vehicle through which you travel through yes. the world and you should yeah. know your body intimately you should know everything about your body how it feels when you drink coffee how it feels when it doesn't how many glasses of wine can you have before you don't want to get out of bed the next day and i don't mean yeah. because you drank too much and you're hung over but one of the things that came in my master's work was that um you know if a woman was going to a party this is a midlife woman. She would think, okay, what's on my schedule for tomorrow? Can I have a glass of wine tonight? Because if I have a glass of wine tonight, I might not sleep or I might wake up in the morning and have no energy. So just understanding how food impacts, how you feel, how the choices you make, should I exercise in the morning? Should I exercise at night? Should I, am I getting enough water? All of these, the color of your urine, like you should know all these things, like what do these things mean? Right. So uh, really important to start to pay attention to your cycle because that can let you know what's going on in your body, right? If you start mm-hmm. to, um, you know, gain weight, which is very common, you know, as you get into later perimenopause and menopause, perhaps you start to um, gain weight around the, the belly. And there's reasons for this and they're, they're survival reasons that yeah. doesn't help when you're trying to do up your genes, but um, <laughs> you know, 
part of the reason that you you gain weight is that fat cells produce estrogen. So when your ovaries shut down and you're not producing estrogen anymore, that muffin top is, you know, really important to keep your bones healthy, right? We don't want it to get too big because then we're into heart disease territory. But these are things that we need to to be aware of. And that starts, as I said, could start anywhere in in the, you know, 30s. And then we get into 45, let's say 45, if you're starting to notice maybe real problems with sleep or that you're really sensitive to things that didn't bother you anymore. This is really common. People will say to me, I used to eat avocados all the time and now I can't even look at them. Like your body does change, right? Uh, What you, what you, um, how you respond to food, to environments. I used to love to go to parties. Now I just want quiet, right? So, so, so things change um, as we get in later into perimenopause. So the physical things are happening, but we don't talk a lot about, as you said, sort of the um, mental, spiritual, social things that also happen at perimenopause and closer, you know, deep into perimenopause that can really be a smack in the face if we're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. We don't talk about it. As you said, Uh, one of the findings from my research was this idea of uh, story keeping. So we hear all the time about women who tell, you know, let's tell stories. We learn through stories. Well, women are notorious for not telling stories. We're notorious for holding back the dirty bits. So we don't talk about how challenging it can be to, for the menstrual cycle, for the, to get pregnant, to have a pregnancy, to have a delivery, to raise a child, to, um, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about perimenopause and menopause. So every woman goes through the world clueless and then suddenly starts getting this, what's happening? What's happening to me? This I've never been like this before. That never irritated me before. I was never impatient before or whatever, right? Who am I? What is happening to me? Like these, <laughs> these, you, you feel so helpless because we're not, you know, we don't talk about it. So yes. So as your, your hormones are changing, as these physical things are changing in your body, it does impact how your brain works. It impacts your mood. It yes. impacts your relationships. So, you know, you you don't have the same uh, level of estrogen, the nurturing hormone anymore. Well, of course, that means you're not going to be as self-sacrificing anymore. You're not going to put everybody else in front of you because you don't have that same sort of hormonal drive mm-hmm. to be caring for, for people, right? So that that's important if you've suddenly noticed like, you know what, I don't even like you anymore. <laughs> that too. So, right? Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay that that we're noticing these things about ourselves, but it's also scary if you don't know what it means. Yeah. So what's what's really interesting that happens at midlife is this uh the technical term is meh. Yeah. Yeah. This feeling of uh so, so, you know, when we're young, when we're, we're encouraged to, okay, get your education, get your career, find a partner, have a family. If that's what we, you want to do, raise your family. And that takes a lot of energy. So if there's like 20 exactly. years in your life, that that's pretty much what you're doing. Um, so that sort of generative stuff, young calls it all that generative stuff you're doing when you're young, um, that's done. Right. So even if you mm-hmm. still have children living with you when you're in your forties, they're not babies. Most of the time, they're, Some women they're a lot older, babies. they're more independent and yeah. Right. And so you have space in your mm-hmm. life. 
And um, there's a sense of boredom because, well, what am I supposed to do now? What firsts are left for me? I've done all the things, right? Mm -hmm. I've done everything that I was told slash thought I should do. (laughs) It's done. And I, I don't feel inspired to do anything else. That's and is it scary. too late to start and something? And is it too late? And so I have to share this story for all the women who are saying, as you might have said, as you said earlier, well, that's okay for you. But yeah. uh, I was 47 when I started my master's degree. And yeah. I was, uh, when I was done that and contemplating whether or not to do my doctorate, I thought, oh, well, I'll be 54 when I graduate with my doctorate. Do I want to, like, is that what I want to be doing? And I thought, well, God willing, I'll be 54 anyway. Yeah. So I might as well be 54 with a doctorate as, exactly. as you know, <laughs> Get so, my title. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, 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 I will not on principle accept that I'm too old argument from anybody. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, but, but we're in this space of not, not knowing what am I going to do? I don't know. When I went through it, I called it the void. And Mm -hmm. it was sort of, I have this image of me standing on this stone tower, nothing around me, but darkness. It wasn't scary. It was just empty. And Mm -hmm. I had no, like there was no candle flickering anywhere to go, Oh, come this way. Or no little bird chirping going. This is like, there was nothing. Right. And I was just like, Oh, what do I do with this void? So if you're in the void, however that feels for you, that's also very common. But the other thing that happens, and this is sort of the 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 uh, con conflux is that a word conflux? But anyway, it all goes on top of each other. Where the <laughs> yeah. physical sort of your hormones are changing, um, you don't have the so much of the the happy hormones anymore. If you're having problems with sleep, we know that your serotonin is probably a little bit low. Your melatonin clearly is is you know that's the one that turns into the serotonin, which yeah. is the feel good hormone. Um, So that's happening to you when you have all of these social things changing around you, it's, it's mentally exhausting. So your stress level might be going up, which also suppresses, um, you know, your feel good hormones as well. So you've got all of these things happening to your body, all of these things happening around you. And so, so along with hormones changing and problems with sleep, there's a, there is an increase in low mood. So on the extreme, we have depression. And if you're in depression, please go talk to a mental health professional about that. That's nothing that we want to mess around with. But know that if you're meh, you're just bored, you're irritable, things don't jazz you like they used to. Yeah, that is so common. It's so common. And, And if that's the space that you're in right now, I want you to see it as an opportunity if you recognize I'm feeling meh, uh, what's going on with me? I used to be, yeah. I used to be fun. I used to love to do this. None of these things jazz me up anymore. This is an invitation for you to get to know, know that on the other side of it, you will find your inspiration again. You will, you will find your North star. Uh, you will find the next thing because there's a whole bunch more firsts. 
You just don't know what they are yet, right? You're just so, uh, so much emphasis in our culture on young, what we do when we're young. And no, again, nobody talks about what do we do in the middle? What do we yeah. do when we're moving out of the middle and getting into um, the crone years, right? Which I love that experience, that idea mm -hmm. of the wisdom that comes from aging. So anyway, yes, meh, meh is right in there with um, perimenopause and menopause, uh, insomnia and uh, low mood. So. And from from my perspective as well, um, I actually well I called it the uh syndrome. Oh, so. there you go. <laughs> Man, uh, and yeah, and the uh syndrome had um, mental, emotional, and uh, physical symptoms. And one of them was the meh. I like the way I saw it was the meh. You know, it's just uh. like the indifference of whatever. But also from a business perspective, because I work with women who, whether they're starting their business or already have the business and stuff, um, this is also the same phase where they start questioning, what am I doing? Do I want to stick around in a career? They've already been in the career for 20 plus years. Right. And, and then there's the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, the fear of judgment that, that also creeps in because what are people going to say? You know, am I going to really start this? They're going to say that I'm losing my mind, that I'm I'm just going to be wasting my money, that I should be nesting with this money, you know, this, those kind of things. And I'm like, but money is not your only resource. You have your energy, you have your knowledge, you have your um, experience as well. And your time, because as you said, you start getting a lot more time with less kids too, or you, the kids right. are less dependent on you and stuff. And, and this is where you start looking at how do I invest my resources in a way that gratifies and fulfills me mm. and also capitalize on whatever core competences I've got. So you don't right. have to start from scratch. You never start from scratch at that point. You're starting no. from wisdom. Yes. <laughs> you're starting yes. from experience and you could do multiple paths at the same time as, as we were talking earlier and, you know, kind of explore new things and mm -hmm. see where it takes you and what you enjoy. And, and the and other thing too, well. sorry, sorry, it, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be always a career, yeah. right? When you're talking about business women and they're coming to you with these questions, yes, they're, they're concerned about their career, but when you're, when you're flitting around from flower to flower, drawing out the sweetness, it doesn't have to be about the career, no. but it could. A new activity even like trying yeah. out a new activity. A new activity. So as, as fertility wanes for women, whether or not you had babies, um, whether or not you ever wanted babies. There's a lot of judgment around that in our culture yeah. as well. Yeah. So even women who never wanted to have children experience this at perimenopause and menopause, this idea of what can I create now? And we need to honor that as well. Yeah. So if, if you feel like, oh, great, I, I'm supposed to be creative and women are right. We, we have the wombs. We, we are the creator of life. This is what we're, we're meant to be doing here. And, and I hear this, oh, I'm not creative. Well, are you a gardener? Well, I love gardening. Boom. There you go. You're done. You know, do you exactly. like, do you like to, you know, paint the walls in your house? Do you like well, to rearrange furniture? I realized that cooking was my creative outlet. I never thought of myself as creative as well until I started cooking. And I'm like, well, I love this. Just like look at ingredients and put them together and I have a meal. And that's my yes, creativity. Yeah. Exactly. So so that's part of it too. And the more you do that, the more you uh, flex that muscle and exercise that creativity, the more ideas come to you mm -hmm. because you're doing things. And when you're creative, try this at home try this when you're in your creative zone you cannot hear that voice that tells you that you're not good enough it's not working That's right true. 
it you that voice is not around because you're in so, a state of flow and yes. there's no voices in the state of flow and there's no voices in there and yet that's the opportunity that the universe god spirit whatever you want to say takes to go you're open boom what do you think of that and suddenly you have a new direction yeah whatever it is right that 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 flow state allows you to be open to what's next I love that I love that yeah and and going back actually I want to touch on the point that you've made that um that women don't share stories of the messy middle let's call it the Mm -hmm. messy middle and um I know that when I started talking about it I was starting getting like seriously you're talking about that like for us we were trying to have our baby for eight years so we went through, well, four IVFs, one after him, but three IVFs to have him. And we, the first time we had a miscarriage and that was, I think, one of the most heartbreaking experiences anyone can have, man or woman, um, mm-hmm. from, from the perspective that I wish it on no one. And then the right. second time we didn't get pregnant. The third time we actually were pregnant with twins. And then we lost one as as pregnant with our son which was also very nerve wracking because mm-hmm. being hospitalized, not knowing what's happening and whether mm-hmm. you're losing a baby or something. And then fourth, we didn't get pregnant. And when I started talking a lot more about this, more women started opening up. It's like, yeah, you know, the miscarriage stories or, you know, the difficulty in conceiving or how many like, and, and the, the, you know, how many trials they were trying and whether they did get pregnant at the end or not. And, you know, we were blessed and grateful that we did have our son so our son just actually turned 12 three days ago so (laughs) and um the point is like two three years into it and and yes it's very difficult I I literally did not sleep more than four hours for the first three years um I I was in the ER every 10 days because he had asthma and you know he had to be on a nobilizer and and it was just those kind of times that there was a time where I just my husband and I had this honest open conversation I'm like I can't do this again. Like, I don't want to even try again for IVF. And I, I, we can't have another child. I can't do this. Right. And right. the amount of judgment we got Ugh. because we decided, even though it was, it, we, it wasn't a choice because we weren't, right. you know, it wasn't right. happening for us. Right. Just deciding to stop at one right. child and to yeah. dedicate our love and our attention and our resources just for that one child is like, you know, why aren't you trying again? Or aren't you going to, is he going to, he's going to be lonely. Why not have a brother or sister for him? And the other way around as well, for those who have many children and you're also mm-hmm. judged whether, you know, yeah. why didn't you stop? Or, you why know, how you? are you going to be yes. able to afford this? And where do you get the energy? And I'm like, seriously, or, and as you said, those who decide not mm-hmm. to have children are also being judged. And yeah. all of these, I think, well, we need to share more of these stories because that mm-hmm. empowers others to say, I've got a choice because right. sometimes the limiting belief we have is we don't have a choice. I know right. I had that limiting belief for so long, but also more importantly, I think to understand that every hardship and every challenge and every sleepless night you've had along these years contributes to your perimenopausal and menopausal um, symptoms in in kind of the, the whatever comes up for you right would yeah, that oh, for sure well well it would in the sense that the, the more stress that you have and the more depleted you are when you get to perimenopause physically depleted I mean in the sense of your central nervous system is shot and you haven't replenished uh, your adrenals and and all of that kind of thing yes it does impact your physical experience of perimenopause and menopause 
and then also complicates your emotional and spiritual experience as well because you don't you don't feel as if you have the resources or mm-hmm. and it could be physical resources but it could be mental and emotional resources or you're so tired that you can't even lift your head up to see what your opportunities are mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that that's part of it and and just to briefly address what you said about people and their questions mind your own business like <laughs> i cannot believe how many people think they have the right to ask you incredibly personal questions. So please just don't, please just don't. You're not, you're not helping, right? When, when we ask these intrusive, invasive, personal questions, we are not helping. And so you don't know what's happening behind the doors. You don't know what these people are going through. Like I remember every time I'd hear that, you know, someone close to me or a friend or even my sister getting pregnant and like, she wasn't really planning it or she didn't really want mm. the baby. And I was like, you know, I just had an IVF and I, you know, and how many times and how many medications I was on. And the 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 ironic part as well, and I found it quite ironic, the universe has a sense of humor, is I've actually got a phobia from injections since I was a child. I'm the person like, you know, I'm the kid in school when they used to give us the vaccinations. I'd the kid who would be running around the hole and they'd be chasing me because I'm not going to let them inject me. Right. right. And I found myself with IVF having to inject myself three to four times a day, you know. So these are the kind of things, as you said, you don't know what's happening. You don't know how much they want it. You don't know how much they don't want it. You don't know the repercussions of, of that, whatever the decision is. I'm not just talking about children over here, but any decision in our life. Well, here's the other thing. I think the the reason that people ask these impertinent personal questions is because it's a distraction and they, they don't have to look at themselves and where they aren't um, perhaps measuring up to their own expectations of themselves. Right. And so they deflect and they distract and they judge other people. And and I just don't have time or space in my life for that kind of um, approach you know, and there's too much of it. I don't want to go down that path, but there's too much of it in the world. This anonymous judgment that that people feel the right that they can throw out on social media and that kind of thing. And here we go. Social media research shows that within 30 seconds of being engaged in social media, your mood starts to drop. So if you are going through the meh and the uh, and the low Avoid social media. <laughs> stay away, get off the computer and not just social media, not just your friends, you know, posting and, you know, people, the influencers making you feel badly about what you have and don't have in your life. But the news is horrible. Yes. And we have too much information coming at us 24 seven. And most of the time we can't do anything about it. You know, it's really sad if, if there's a car crash in India and 12 people were killed, but unless you have family in India, like it doesn't influence your experience. And yet now you have this sad information in your life. So be really, um, really protect what you allow in and your diet isn't just what you eat, right? It's also what you allow yourself to see and hear. Exactly. Uh, and expose yourself to. So be very, just, you know, be very protective of the diet yes. that, that you yes. have in your life. And I love that you brought that up as well about social media, because one of the things that, you know, I think it was one of the t- tips or tricks I got. And that really, really helped me was the fact that you, even if they're family or friends that are really close and you, they just irritate you and they're triggering you every time they're on your timeline, 
you can unfollow <laughs> or you can mute <laughs> yeah. or you can do something that is just like, you know, that doesn't get the wrong message, but just understanding that, as you said, um, you need to protect your own peace and harmony yes. and, yes. and definitely don't follow the influencers and the outlets and all of this that just keep triggering you so that for me, my feed, mostly, of course, I get the the things that seep through and I was like, okay, cancel this, please hide this and right, stuff. Right. Um, my feed is is one that should empower me. And that's the way I like to architecture it in, in that mm-hmm. way, you know, kind of just mm-hmm. be the architect of it because it's a tool. I can't not be on social media, right. but if I'm yes. going to be there, then I want to be again on my own terms as much as I can without, of course, the algorithm throwing things my way that just kind of was like, oh no, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. And definitely right. not start the day with it. And that is definitely something that it w- was really important. I believe it was- Or end the day. Yeah, exactly. Or end the day. Right. Because that, if you have trouble with sleeping, the last thing you should do is be scrolling on your phone or on your laptop in bed. Turn it off, turn it off, you know, hours before you go to bed, read a book and, um, uh, or doodle or clean your house or fold laundry, do anything, but get off the screen. If you're having trouble sleeping for lots of different reasons, it's not very helpful. I love that. Well, I know that I can be chatting with you for another two (laughs) hours easily (laughs) because there are so many areas we can explore, (laughs) excuse me. But um, I want to thank you because you've shared so many um, very important notes for women to start taking care of themselves. And as you said, to prioritize themselves, to prioritize their health um, on every level and their wellness on every level. And I think this is one of the very crucial, I want to say, self-preservation methods that Mm. we need to remind ourselves of as well. Yes. And there's one thing that I... I feel inspired to say, and this again was findings from my research, and it feels appropriate here, that a lot of the women that I've spoken to in coaching and and in my research said to me that they were able to start taking care of themselves when someone outside of themselves gave them permission. Someone said, you know, it's okay if you leave the dishes in the sink for one night. It's okay if you, you know, don't make a 12-course dinner for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever your celebration is. Uh, And getting that permission from somebody else was like a weight off. So for anyone who needs permission, I would like to offer permission to you to make choices that support your well-being. So whatever that means for you, take that that permission slip and fill in the blank and make it, make it whatever you need, but you do have permission to do what makes you feel good and supports your well-being. I love that. I I thank you for sharing that because I think for me, I gave myself permission when I found when my health was deteriorating so badly. And this is like six or seven years ago when I had four businesses, I was part of four businesses and everything. And I was kind of doing, I was studying towards my doctorate degree as well. And I'm a mom and I'm an expat and, you know, so I don't have the the family and the, the extended support and stuff. And um, I found myself, my body was collapsing. My head was down the toilet most of most days, throwing up blood. And Mm -hmm. I was like realizing something's got to give, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I went like, I flew back home to Egypt and I went to see a doctor and did the endoscopy and everything. And I was waking up with the expectation of you've got cancer, just I was waiting for the prognosis, you know, and all of that was in my mind. like, you know, how am I going to get through it? How am I going to take care of my son? Because he was a toddler then and all of this. And, um, 
and thankfully I didn't, but I had the most severe inflammation of the gut ever. And my body was collapsing and I couldn't stand up straight. And this is where I stopped and said, something's got to give, and it's not going to be my health and it's mm-hmm. not going to be my well-being. And I'm going to start mm-hmm. prioritizing myself. And that was such a huge shift for me because yes. I had never given myself permission before. I always was striving for perfection and to be right. always everything for everyone. And as you said, I think we started this in the first episode saying that women deprioritize themselves on their own list just because they need to take care of everyone and everything else. And mm-hmm. so thank you for, for bringing that up to as a reminder that we need to prioritize ourselves before it's our health and our wellness and our happiness that are on stake, that are at stake. And we don't have a choice, but to do that, to survive. Right. And, and be very aware of those influences outside of yourself, you know, the, the social expectations on you to have it all and do it all and be it all and to put yourself last. And then, you know, take a look at some of the beliefs that you have that don't make sense anymore. Some of the things that you do that don't serve you anymore, just, um, really be ruthless right yeah. with the things that no longer serve you just let them go yeah yeah have the courage to let them go I think have them cur- <laughs> yes and breathe breathe deeply and know you might feel like you're alone but you're not alone and I have this goal I have this goal that i Firmly believe that if women would be who they are, they came to this earth to be not somebody's mom, not somebody, not that there's anything wrong with these things. I love my children dearly. But if, if women came and lived who they were meant to be, then we would have just the shift that we need on this planet to save it. I really believe that we have the power to change the world if we trust ourselves. That's true. The positive impact ripple effect. That's yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been um, empowering on so many levels. Thank you. Yes, I've enjoyed your energy so and much. your wisdom. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, there's there's nothing more to say over here. Um, I think going back to my slogan of empowered you empowers others. Um, just um, take care of you. You deserve it. You are worth it. And always remember that. Wishing you love, abundance, and prosperity as always. And I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.